this is it. Time for one more mock. One more draft class. One more big trade to New York. Perhaps one more elite? Let's find out together on The Push-Off. To a new episode of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week. Well, it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's Dan in a New York state of mind altering chemicals. Right. <laughs> Dan, one more episode before the NFL draft. Um, we are right up on it. We'll be hitting the road in a couple of days. I'm just. Man, I can't wait. It's just, it's Christmas for me. And it's, the fact that it's right near my birthday every year, it's just my favorite part of the whole fucking thing. It's just the yeah. best. Yeah. We should celebrate that too. Um, and it's today, we... actually. Oh, happy birthday. Thanks. <laughs> this is how we celebrate the birthday as we record. This is the I best mean, for thing for the you weekend. We're going to celebrate it. I, right. Yeah. Obviously. For the week, I'm saying. Yeah. But this is the best present we can have is to sit down and, and talk interior defensive linemen. This is what I really Perfect. wanted. Perfect. Yes. Um, so that's what we're going to do today. Um, but obviously, first, the one big thing in news, uh, we haven't been gone for very long. We were here right before the weekend. Yeah. We, we gave you a show on the weekend. So um, and we did the, we did the edge rusher. So if you missed it, go check it out because edge rusher is big, big deal. Dan gave out an elite last week. Will no regrets. Junior. Um, so uh, since then. The trade, that one that we've uh, that's been talked about. Actually, we did pretty good this year of just kind of staying away from it. Oh yeah, when, we didn't. No updates until I, the fucking you know we yeah. did the initial one, and then until the fucking sign on the line that is doubted, we don't give a shit. But now it happened. Aaron Rodgers to Jets. Finally, that's what I have written down. Finally, um, here's the the setup the Jets are getting Rodgers. The 15th overall pick here in this year's draft, first round, and mm-hmm. the fifth round pick from Packers, number 170. Packers are getting the 13th overall pick. So there you go. They switched the first round picks by two. Uh, they, they jumped over the Patriots there. Uh, the Jets' second round pick, 42. Uh, the Jets' sixth round pick from this year, it's going to be pick 207. And then next year, a conditional pick that is a second rounder now, no matter what, but can become their first rounder if Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps. Which which is pretty likely. Yeah, for this year, this coming year, Roger plays 65% of the snaps. Um, and then what else we know is Rodgers is going to wear his old Cal number, number eight. Golden Bears. Yeah. Golden Dan, Bears. your initial thoughts of this trade? Um. If Aaron Rodgers plays for the Jets for two seasons and plays at an Aaron Rodgers level, this will have been absolutely worth it. If Aaron Rodgers plays one season for them and hangs it up right afterwards, 
this will have been an incredibly expensive trade for effectively two late first round picks because that's yeah. where this is going to wind up end up you know this is where this is going to go because um, if he plays 65% they're getting a first rounder and right. if if they don't win the Super Bowl that effectively that's a mid first round pick right and yeah. then this this second round pick is, is the 10th or sorry the 11th pick in the second round that's effectively near a late first um, so like I said, this is eventually going to be two late first-round picks to get a 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers. Um, that's a lot of fucking money. That's a lot of draft capital to give up for a guy. But they're this far away. They're this far away. It's a great deal for Green Bay. Green Bay got exactly what they wanted, a mm-hmm. clear path for Jordan Love to start, and also some assets in this year's draft, a, a yeah. high-value asset in this year's draft. And they're out from underneath Aaron Rodgers' incredible fucking contract. Um, you know, the Jets are eating most of that. So, you know, they had a rookie QB deal. They can basically absorb this and then, you know, see whatever happens with the uh, young fucking uh, milf hunter. Does it feel like this delay, this drag out went in the Packers' favor a little bit? Just looking Absolutely. at it, that it, it feels like the Jets are like, fine, you know, the draft is this weekend. Can we just do it now? Um, so we don't have to worry about this. Like, where do you want? Oh, absolutely. And I don't, who knows what that last little bit is, but, you know, the bump of that percentage thing, a that sixth rounder, you know, I don't know. Um, you're right. The switch over from the 13th to 15th, let's think about that as almost a wash. Like, unless the Packers really want somebody as the, the first 11 picks roll out and he's there, I mean, you don't really know. It's this draft, you don't really know. That's going from 15 to 13 right now is probably a wash to me. Well, you got to remember that right there, right? That two jump, that two slot jump is worth approximately a third round pick. So if you think about it like that on a draft is value really? board. On the first round, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the first those, round those that high. Those picks are so expensive, yeah. Yeah, it's worth about a, a third, third round pick. That's why I said it's effectively two late first rounders. That's what they're giving okay. up value-wise. If you okay. if you look at the draft value chart, it's two late first round picks. That's Dang. a lot. That's a lot for a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers. It puts the Jets in a situation where the Patriots, a division rival, can steal somebody they might want. I mean, offensive tackle, edge rusher. They're going to be there where the Jets might like a guy, and they're like, oh, we're going to put a little another thorn in your side and steal another thing, Jets. I don't know. Um, but it's only two. It's only two. Yeah. At that point, you know, we've talked about it. There's only a couple elites in this draft. After that, there's a lot of guys with a mid-first-round grade, um, and they'll slide around somewhere, you know, in the 15, yeah. 16, 17. There's, like, probably 20 guys with a mid-first grade, you know, and then maybe um, – Maybe like four. We're talking maybe four or five elites. So yeah. I mean, I don't want to give away, but uh, that it would be a fourth elite. Now, nah, fuck it, Jalen Carter's elite. He's fucking amazing. Uh, hey, but yeah, listen. You watch the film on it. I, 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 it's the worst elite grade I'm giving out ever because I know what a fucking dumbass he is. Oh, uh, uh, okay. But watching the film, all I can do is watch the film. I'm not in the interviews. All I can tell you is athletically, this is an elite motherfucker. Holy shit! But that being said. He's not going to leave the top six, so everybody else you're going for like a mid-first round, late-first round talent somewhere sure. in 13-15, so it is what it is. Um, So winners and losers, I wrote down real quick. I think the winners immediately is the NFC North. Like you said, we will see what happens uh, with Jordan Love and the people that they put in his place, but uh, it's kind of a bare-bones Packers team as it lays right now. 
and the Vikings won the division this year. Uh, the Lions are trending up, and the Bears are just happy he's gone. And from there, they can be happy now. <laughs> Losers, I say, currently probably the Bills immediately. You know, uh, yep. you got a guy who's going to th- throw with you and catch it, keep up with you, another team, you know, with a very good defense behind that. Uh, the Broncos, you know, you missed out on having him last year. Yeah. And now if you just waited a year, you wouldn't be in this mess that you were in and maybe a little better. I mean, the guy, offensive coordinator, was your head coach last year too, and he just went over to the Jets and Rodgers finally followed him, finally followed him. But Rodgers knows this offensive coordinator. You know, Rodgers is <laughs> very the head coach in Denver. <laughs> yeah, last exactly. Year. So. I think um, it's going to be smooth for Rodgers, but yeah, that's that's another loser. And then I say the, either the twenty four or if he handles it out, the night the twenty twenty five Jets. One of those teams is going to be a big old loser when Rodgers hangs it up, and very soon. I mean, he was on the fence. He said uh, to retire this year, and I think yeah, like you said, there's nothing that the Jets can hold to make. Rodgers not retire the next year. There's nothing the Jets yeah. hold on to if he only hangs out for a year. So it's a very expensive, could be a very expensive one-year rental. So his cap hit for the Jets this year is only $16 million. His cap hit next year is 32 but his dead cap is 43 And that's, so that's, that's a lot of money. to him, right? There's no getting out of that, is there, Jets? Oh, what do you mean? Let's say Rodgers' arm falls off this year. Let's say Rodgers mm-hmm. pulls a uh, um, Russell Wilson, and and they're like, yeah, we got to cut our losses. We're the Jets. We've done it before. Can they get out of his contract the next year if he doesn't Even, want to retire? If his arm falls off completely, if it pulls a Peyton Manning, um, yeah, next and he year, sticks around. Yeah, next year they could release him as a post-June 1st, and they would save $3 million against the cap. That's it. No. But they would also pass a $18 million cap hit to 2024. Okay. Yeah. So the the only the only year that actually makes sense, like if he, if he plays two years for the Jets, nothing really bad happens because then his cap hit, um, if he's released or something happens in 2025, is actually more manageable. Uh, but at that point, you've got to decide whether you're picking up Zach Wilson's fifth-year option, which is probably a no. Yeah. I mean, so we we still, though, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. This guy was MVP not long ago. Last year played with a Packers team that was pretty, like, a lot of holes, a lot of bad offensive line stuff, and they still could have made the playoffs. So, you know, he goes to a very good Jets team. It's a, oh, yeah. a right-now move. It's a right-now play. But if you're the New York Jets, you're super excited. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough division. I mean, we don't know what uh, the Patriots are going to be, but they did get rid of Matt Patricia, so that's good. Um, We know that the Bills are still the class of that division, but at the same time, they're struggling. You know, they're they're making some moves. We don't know if Von Miller is going to be fully healthy next year, and that's a lot of money. Uh, The Dolphins, we don't know if, you know, Puddinhead's going to get his shit together. Um, So you never know. This is a very winnable AFC East, but it's a very tough AFC East as well couple bad games uh, go your way. You might not even make the playoffs with a 10-win team. I don't know if putting head is a little too soon. That's a little... No, I, apparently he's going to be all right because he doesn't play running back or positions yeah. that he... He said it's those micro ones. Hits. 
And that's I'm, wild. I'm too. pretty like, sure. I'm pretty sure if you get absolutely fucking leveled by a car, if your head gets crushed by a fucking car, you're not like, well, at least I didn't get into several dozen fender benders. Like that. That's not <laughs> still, what you're looking for here, buddy. It's not an it, equivalent. It's a little wild that they're like, Tua's going to be fine. Why? He plays quarterback. He doesn't. He doesn't play the other positions. What about the other players? Oh, they're pretty pretty fucked. Yeah, pretty fucked. Yeah, it's a wild. And thing Steve here. Young and Troy Aikman are like, uh. Yeah. Well, now that you bring that up. <laughs> I'll tell you what we are. Uh, all right, let's get into it. Prospects, the defensive line, you've already given us an elite grade. Let's let's catch us up for where we are with elites. Dan gave in wide receivers, Jackson Smith, Nijigba. Yep. In tight ends, Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. Real and good then, tight end. And uh, then just last week, the edge, Will Anderson Jr., Alabama. He says it's his favorite, too. Absolutely. Um, it's my favorite in a couple years. Ooh, for elites, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. we had a couple of drafts, I don't know, last year or the year before, no elites, none. Yeah, I think it was um, last year. No, two years ago. Maybe uh, Dan's daughters have melted that icy heart of his, and now he's seeing <laughs> the p- true potential of these uh, young athletes, and we're finally getting some elites out of him, but it's it exciting. Is, it is rare, man. It is rare to have elites, and weirdly, the elites tend to fall. A little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, like if you think about it back, you know, there was a draft where um, Tyron Smith and J.J. Watt were both drafted. They were not drafted in the top five. Those two are both surefire first ballot Hall of Famers. Yeah. The guys that went ahead of them are out of the fucking league. So it's kind of crazy. No draft is all the time. Yeah, you're right. I can't think of a single draft that, you know, every one of the top 10 picks was a fucking knockout. There's at least one or two absolute fucking stinkers every single time. Every single draft. And it's getting better. It used to be like 50% of them were stinkers. Now it's down to like 60, you know, 60 or 70% of them pretty good. So maybe about 30 to 35% stinker. That's not bad in the first round. Not bad at all. Um, And then today you've got us, well, it started with six names, but I think you've already thrown like two more into the fire. I was breaking it up prior to this, uh, looking at all of the different prospects. Like it was 77 total prospects at one point. I think you've mm-hmm. added more since then. We uh, added a few. Well, you want to guess what, what school you've picked the most to look at? School I've picked the most. Like uh, of, um, I, let me explain this. The uh, prospects, of all the prospects, uh, what school do we see the most show up? This year? Yes. Of I all feel of like, your 77 prospects. I feel like Clemson this year? Clemson had uh, quite a few. Three, actually, no. Okay. They just have three. I mean, you're, yeah, we're talking about one today, but it was all on defense. They had no offensive players this year. Uh, maybe Florida? Florida just certainly jumped up the list, but they're at four. There's three okay. schools with more than Florida this year. I'm going to assume Michigan because I always do it. No, Michigan only had three. They were there. Really? Clemson, okay. Even though. with Mazzy Smith. Illinois had three. Penn State had three. Come on. You're making this too difficult. Illinois just had is. three D backs. <laughs> they had these three DBs. Big, yes, yes. The, uh, these are big schools. Oh, it's, I think you're making this. It's Ohio State. Yeah. Ohio State had five. How, yeah, because I know they had the, both of their tackles. Yeah. But the most, you had six. Alabama, Crimson Tide on this, this yeah, year. That's true. Six yeah, Brian Alabama guys. There's a lot of DBs Bryce, this year. Young, Jameer Gibbs, Will Anderson Jr., Henry, To'oto, 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 Oto, To'oto, Oto. 
I can't remember it ever. Um, I got yeah, another one for you today. And I got another one today. You had me. All right. Oh, name wise, yeah. So let's yeah. get into Jalen Carter, Dan. Jalen Carter. <sighs> Man. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It's hilarious. If you go to the NFL.com one, they talk about the player bio. There's literally an editor's note. It says, this prospect profile was published prior to Carter's March 1st arrest. And it yeah. is the glowingest. Uh, it, my God. It's like, this man is the second coming of Christ. He can do no wrong. This is a defensive monster. Um, they they used an NFL comparison. They said Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah. I'm going to give you a different one tell you how I feel about this young man. I'm going to say Warren Sapp. That's what I'm gonna Draft say, Buzz said, Warren Sapp. Warren Sapp with more size. A Ooh, bigger Warren, Warren Sapp. I've heard Warren Sapp for Jalen Carter for a bit. <sighs> Let's do it this way, Dan, about Jalen Carter. You're right, because there is that editor's note. Let's talk about his football stuff, because obviously that's what you know, mm-hmm. and then we'll, we'll little bit talk a little bit about his off-field and where that is going to be an issue. So... Let's start out first, just measurables. This guy's six foot three, three fourteen. I don't think there's a better measurement for a, like an interior three technique than that. Six two, six three. That's where you want a guy. Six foot's a little short. Six one's a little short. Six four, six five's a little too tall. So he's in that perfect range. He's over three hundred pounds, which you need to anchor. But he's not a dumpy three hundred, like a three thirty or a three forty. It's a lean three fourteen, and he carries it well with a fucking ton of power. Um, so physically, this dude is just unreal. He's got 33.5-inch arms, which is fine for an interior tackle. It's a little short arm for an edge, but he doesn't play that, so it's fine. This is one of the strongest motherfuckers that I have seen at the interior position in a long time, and he's got that first-step quickness, which is just incredibly killer. Scott, do you know what the hump move is? Do you remember the Reggie White fucking hump? The Reggie, move? I was about to ask you if you're talking Reggie White. Yes, where it's just like a stiff, it's a straight arm that he's underneath you and he's shoving you off. I saw Jalen Carter do this to some big motherfuckers this year. I saw Dang. him hump move some guys, and I was like, once there's a few things right where once you see it, you're like, I don't need anything. I don't need to see anything else. <laughs> when you see when you see a beautiful woman do a full split, and when you see a grown ass <laughs> man. Do the hump move, same category. You're like, all right, no more questions. No more questions. <laughs> okay, okay. I know what you're capable of. <laughs> um, uh, let me fill in here. Uh, he's a mock top five talent, obviously. Um, and then the off-field issues uh, and things like that. Uh, we're at that point. Let's talk about that. Um, it, uh, he's going to still be dealing with some legal issues coming up. Uh, right, uh, he yeah. there was a player in Georgia. We talked about this already on the sh- the show. There was a player in Georgia that lost his life in a car accident uh, about a year or so ago, and Jalen Carter was there. And then Jalen Carter gets pulled in later for questioning and becomes a big old uh, part of this. We don't know how big because the case is still ongoing, I believe. So it, he he had to leave the combine during it to go answer questions is how recent all this is. So that's the big old question mark over Jalen Carter and is probably making it obvious that Will Anderson Jr. should be the first non-QB to go. That's what the mocks are saying. So I will say this. Talent-wise, this individual is probably more talented than Will Anderson. Mm -hmm. But... 
even without the off the field shit, Will Anderson is still my favorite player over the past couple years. I would still take Will Anderson over Jalen Carter film exclusive. That's that's where I'm at. That's how much I like Will Anderson. That I think he's a better option than Jalen Carter. That being said, Jalen Carter is clearly the second best talent. Is a, a number one or number two talent in this class. Well, he's we're talking the second best positions. Player. So it, you were. I'm somewhat forcing you to compare apples to oranges. Sure. But I yeah. If you need an interior lineman, you take Jalen Carter. You just do. Right. And the the Warren Sapp thing is funny because Warren Sapp fell in the draft for yeah. similar issues, but he was an undersized three technique. He was an undersized three technique. That was like Aaron Donald falling, where they're like, oh, man, this guy's fucking really, really good. He's a killer on Miami, but eh, he's not exactly 300 pounds. He put the weight on. Jalen Carter's ready to go. Plug and play. He's a fucking starter right now. Um, I don't think he falls past six. Yeah. No, you're right. Even with the stuff, it's it's just going to be really hard for him to keep going down. Everybody, Somebody's going to take a chance on him. And there's um, no more legal, like, everything is civil now for him. There's no more legal sure. ramifications. That's all done. So okay. the only thing he's got to worry about is civil ramifications, but at that point he's signed a contract and uh, he can clear up a lot of that shit. Can, does it, can teams worry that NFL can... NFL wouldn't punish him, right? They're going to say, this happened before us or <sighs> us. It's. I mean, the NFL can punish you if it starts to become a big stink, um, but oh, okay. this was the big stink. You know, they would have already announced when he gets drafted, he's, you know, serving like a five game suspension. But even still, I don't think that would affect where you take him in the draft. You're like, oh, no, I'm not going to have a rookie for five games to start the season. Mm-hmm. You don't give a shit. True. So even if the NFL does come down with one, I think they would have already come down with it. Um, and then we're talking about D lines here today from him. I see a big old jump down this line. I mean, there's more first round talents, and I think Dan has more guys that you want to talk about that could go in the first round here but Jalen Carter and then we gotta wait to the next guy uh I'm ready to guess who the next guy is Dan okay I'm gonna guess uh Kalijah Cansey Pittsburgh incorrect he's my number four. Oh, all right jumps down there well you want to talk about him yeah let's talk about him uh Kalijah Cansey out of pit six foot one uh, what is it? Two hundred eighty something pounds. Two eighty one. I have. Yep. Yeah, he's not even that heavy. Uh, he's <laughs> he's maybe two seventy five. He's six foot one, maybe two seventy five playing weight. Right. He added a little bit. Um, ran a four six seven, which is amazing for an interior defensive lineman. That's crazy. Mm. The equivalents you hear a lot are Aaron Donald. Okay. Slow the fuck down. NFL. I was gonna say I thought you were gonna give me NFL dot com's one. Oh which no, makes that's me excited. John well, Randall. so I, here's the thing. Also, no. Yeah. Uh, okay. John Randall, as you well know, for those of you that UDFA. aren't familiar with the history uh, of the NFL, especially the Vikings, undrafted free agent, full on fucking lunatic. <laughs> In terms of a motor guy. Like, oh, yeah. Elite motor. Elite motor. They're like, I don't know how he fits in the NFL, but the motor is unquestionable. It's not there for Kalaja Kansi. Hmm. Um, he, he doesn't have. 60 minutes in him. That's not what this guy has. He doesn't even have three downs in him. If you know it's a short yardage situation, he he does well. I mean, he's he's talented. He's a good pass rushing three technique, but he's not a three down defensive lineman. I He doesn't have the same size that Aaron Donald had. Aaron Donald was 10, 15 pounds heavier than Kalijah Kansi was. 
And Aaron Donald was a fucking freak. His first step out of Pittsburgh was insane. Um, even so, Kalijah Kansi played about three years full time starter. Same thing as Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's numbers in college dwarf Kalijah Kansi's. It's not an equivalent. It's just the fact that they're wearing the Pitt jersey and they're undersized dudes. Kalijah Kansi is at best an early second round talent. At best. But that is only because he is a pass rushing specialist, uh, defensive three technique. I think oh. he does that really well. Um, he's got great feet. He moves with a lot of quickness. But if you just start running at this fucking guy, he's not Aaron Donald. He's going backwards. And he's on his back a ton in a lot of the film. You see him kind of get washed out by big guards. And guess what, Scott? In the NFL, guards are pretty fucking big. So I don't see him winning with leverage and power the same way uh, Aaron Donald did coming out of college. He wins with speed, but that's going to be less prevalent for him when he's got you know, guards and centers kind of down blocking on him simultaneously. Okay. Well, so it sounds like, yeah, you went into it seeing the uh, excitement and first round stuff of him and then didn't see it, but you're still saying second rounder though. So that's the thing. It has nothing to do with this guy. He is a good three technique that you can start right now in pass rushing situations as a three technique tackle. Not a problem. But when you say the next Aaron Donald, that's crazy. Like, that's too much pressure to put on this kid. He's not going to live up to it. He's got a nice profile, but it's nowhere near how freaky Aaron Donald's profile was coming out. Um, ton of athleticism, but he's also, you know, kind of built like a big linebacker, if we're being honest. I don't even, like, the closer to Aaron Donald was Ed Oliver. I loved Ed Oliver coming out. He's not where Ed Oliver was. Um, who We gave an elite grade, and it's turned into a, a fine career, but is nowhere near Aaron Donald's level. I think Kalijah Kansi is well below him. I think he's an early second-round pick. He might get pushed up if you see the value or if you're a team that says, hey, we're one pass-rushing three technique away. But uh, to me, he's a second-round talent. Okay. Uh, you put him on your list at the fourth one? Did you have two more guys? Or he's my fourth. He's my fourth, fourth but okay. it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a cheat because one of the sure. guys we're going to talk about, I'm moving out of one of the guys that made my top three is not even really an interior defensive lineman. I thought he was, uh, or thought he was going to be, but I had to move him out to an edge now. Uh, I'm going to guess number two again. Give Mm -hmm. it another shot. Uh, Is it Brian uh, Brzee, Clemson? Brian Brzee, yeah. uh, So Brian Brzee was the number one ranked high school prospect coming out into college. It's funny when you track back some of this stuff. If you look at, like, you know, Rivals.com and stuff like that of guys coming out, you know, Jadavian oh. Clowney was a was a number one guy. Brian Brzee was a number one guy. Um, Brian Brzee, as a freshman, was absolute fucking lightning. This kid is six five and a half, three hundred 300 pounds, and it's lean. Like, when you look at this guy, he does not – there's no belly. You know, it's just pure up-and-down muscle. And he coming, he's coming out as a redshirt sophomore, um, and I think that is a bit of a problem for him, right? So he his sophomore year, he went down with, with a pretty bad injury and missed most of the year. Um, came back in, you could tell his ACL, would, you know, he didn't quite have that freshman year pop um, this year. He was still productive, and this dude won with a ton of power. The fact that it's six foot five, three hundred pounds, you ran a four eight six. That's a freaky fucking athlete right there. Um, I don't know if he would have improved his stock staying in college because his production doesn't really show up on the stat sheet. This is just a guy that eats, 
double teams. This is a guy that redirects running plays constantly. He's not getting those sack numbers you're looking for. This is a guy that you can immediately play at a two technique, at a one. I I think he's probably misused as a zero, but you can also play him as a five technique D end in a three, four. And I think he'll be really, really productive. This guy's got like JJ Watt level athleticism, but he didn't have the production coming out that a guy like JJ Watt had. NFL.com's comparison, Grover Stewart. Wasn't he on the fucking 49ers for a while? (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to remember Grover Stewart. I'll help you out. Yeah, no, I, I, but I think Brzee is a is a late first round pick. Oh yeah, Grover. Oh yeah, no, he's still playing. Yeah, yeah. So Grover Stewart, defense tackle, Colts. I'm I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him a poor man's JJ Watt. That's where I would say. That's Um, pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would love to be a poor man's JJ Watt. Um, and what I what I did say is he's a slightly more athletic Stephon Tuitt. If you remember, uh, is a guy out of Notre Dame played for the Steelers for a long time. Recently retired. So um, he's like that. His mocks have him currently now late first round, maybe second. Something happened at the end of January, uh, beginning of February. He was mocking like top 10. And then he was like last of the first round. Well, it's the production, right? You watch the film. The film is good. I would not be surprised to see him go somewhere in the in the mid first round. Yeah. If the Cowboys pick this guy up at 26, I'd be ecstatic. Okay. You know, I think he's, but once again, this is a guy that is, pure potential really only had two years in college with an ACL injury in between so Mm. if you believe that he's going to fully recover if you believe that he wasn't fully recovered last year and that he's going to get back to his athletic form if you're drafting the ACC freshman of the year you're getting a fucking steal if you're drafting a guy who's been sapped by an ACL injury and can continue sliding down He's still going to be productive as a late first round, early second round pick, but maybe won't be uh, what you think he could be. Okay, okay, I'm following you. Um, so this leads us to heading to the next guy, I believe. Yeah, so the next guy, uh, you already kind of gave me a clue. It's not one that you gave me on the original list. So, Dan, tell me who mm-hmm. we're talking about. We are talking about USC's Tuli Tui Polotu. All right, and now Tui Tui Tulotu. <laughs> My God! Well, don't worry. His we'll cousin is Talanoa Hafunga. I'm not worried. Who's worried? Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Tuli. I'll just say Tuli. Uh, youth. He's down his D line on my list too. USC. Did he play a, as a, like a defensive tackle role in college? So he played a D end. Um, I've seen him classified as an edge. I've seen him classified as a guy that could add weight and could play inside. But he went to the combine. He was six foot three, which is fine for an interior guy, but only weighed two sixty six. So we'd have to put on somewhere around fifteen to twenty pounds to stand up in the middle um, and take even three technique beatings. So mm. I don't think that's a that's a great future for him. Okay. There's yeah, there's some ideas that he struggles athletically on the outside. So you don't necessarily want to play him an edge. Maybe you want to bulk him up, move him inside because he's got good speed. For an interior guy, all I saw was a fucking dude that loved football and led the nation in sacks as a junior. That's Damn, this guy right. just is a production monster. I, they did a um, equivalent for like George Karlaftis um, on NFL.com. The Greek freak, <laughs> the Greek freak George Karlaftis. <laughs> um, I think Karlaftis was probably a better power rusher. I actually think. Uh, Tuli has a few more moves than that. Um, 
I think Thule could easily play an outside linebacker position if you're playing him on like a strong side linebacker in a 3-4. Um, I think he'd easily play an edge. The best equivalent I had for him, weirdly enough, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, a oh, Dallas nice. Cowboy, Dallas Cowboy edge, who I loved. He was taken in the second round. I think Thule will probably go somewhere in the first just because of his pass rushing ability. That's going to get him moved up the list a little bit. But I would be shocked to see him fall past the mid-second round. Okay. Thule. Uh, yeah, this guy out of USC, Tuli Tulupalopo. I didn't uh, get anything on him myself, so I didn't see if anybody else had comparisons. His mocks, again, they have him in the as the defensive line, but I guess it's somewhere in the second round. I like I said, I I fell in love with a lot of this tape. I don't think he was a great run defender, um, but okay. I think that also takes time. He wasn't asked to do it a ton at USC. They basically said, "Go get the quarterback." Um, so I think he could get better at that. I think he's going to have to add a little bit of weight just to stand up in the NFL. Um, but if he winds up being 6'3", 270, that's going to be enough beef uh, to play on the line, and I think he'll be fine. Nice. Um, okay, from here, uh, you had Kalajikansky there as the fourth guy after him. Mm-hmm. Go back to your list from before. I'm thinking it's your Michigan boy. Uh, is it Mazzy? Mazzy? Mazzy. Mazzy Smith? Mazzy Smith. He considered um, after Cansey for you? Uh, he is, and it's funny because he and Cansey are two completely different prospects. Yeah. I have them ranked right about the same area, but if you want a speedy three technique that's going to rush your passer on you know, second and third down, but you know, probably will need to be subbed out during short yardage, take Elijah Cansey. If you want a guy that's absolutely going to stop the fucking run and just stand there and eat blocks, Mazzy Smith. Um, nice, okay. The profile on Mazzy Smith, athletically, the dude is a monster. It does not show up on film. Every once in a while, Mazzy Smith will do something where you're like, oh my god, are you the most talented defensive lineman in this draft? And then he'll disappear for a quarter. You know, so it's he's really, really streaky. If a coach can get a hold of this dude and figure out what it is that makes him special... I still don't think he's going to be a three technique. I just think he would be like a dominant uh, one or zero. You can play him at the nose. You can play him. uh, You can move him over to a two technique, a one technique, whatever you want to run him as. And he's going to stop the run. He's going to absorb blockers. He's an absolute fucking ferociously strong individual. I just need the play to be more consistent. So a guy like that goes somewhere in the mid-second round because you go, the profile's so good, if we can turn it around, we've got ourselves an all-star. Like, if if somebody can actually get Mazzy Smith to play consistently to the top of his ability, we are talking about a top-10 defensive lineman in the NFL. That's I how think, good he could be. I think that's going to make him rise up then because the mocks have him uh, peeking himself in that end of that first round even, like be talking about it if he's not gone after thursday be talking about him friday morning um comparisons nfl.com said don terry poe uh poe was bigger okay and then draft buzz this is the only one i came up with where they add the little extra thing a more athletic dj reader okay i like that um what i will say is a poor man's haloti nata oh okay Haloti Nata coming out of Oregon was a just a fucking freak man, mm-hmm. you know, and just was an enormous fucking guy. Um, he's not he's not that good. Haloti Nata consistently put that shit out every single day. But Mazzy Smith has that strength, has that profile. He's never going to be what Haloti Nata was, but that's if he can really put it all together, he's going to be a poor man's Haloti Nata. 
All right. Uh, two more left. I'm going to say your next guy we want to talk about is Gervin Dexter, Florida. Uh, number six. Uh, I cheated. I cheated. Oh, he would be. You got another one? But it's uh, Siaki Ika. Okay. Well, and then you know what? I, I, we're ordering these. Thule, if you have him as an edge, technically I should ask, where in the edge line would Thule go? Uh, obviously not before Will Anderson. No. Nolan Smith was a first-round talent for you, yep. right? Tyree Wilson was an end of first round, mid-first round. He'd go sure right he after Tyree Wilson. He'd be... Uh, Ahead of Lucas Van Ness? Uh, he's right He's right there with Lucas Van Ness. Very different guy, though. Lucas Van Ness, very strong, sets the edge. Um, but I think they both have... You know, Lucas Ness has a lot more potential than Thule does, but I think Thule okay. is ready to play right now. So, yeah, I think he's right in there. Okay. Because there's, right. so, there's a couple of those dudes. There's the, the guy from Clemson, there's Lucas Van Ness, and then there's Thule, and they're all kind of right in the same area talent-wise. Miles Murphy. You're right. Yeah, yeah. they are. Um, okay. Back to Gervin Dexter. Let's oh, no. The... Siaki Iki. Oh, Siaki. Siaki Iki. Yeah. Let's get the, the spotlight on this guy that I haven't talked about yet. You go ahead. Uh, six foot three, three hundred thirty-five pound senior, and he didn't play at three thirty-five. He played at like three fifty. Baylor, uh, him, him was a big boy. Um, he actually played on LSU as a freshman and won okay. a national championship. So, uh, Ooh. was yeah, he a starter he, there? Or situational. Something? He's yeah. just a down guy, but okay. he was, you know, big body. As if you're a freshman, big body, and you're Polynesian, this is not racist. <laughs> Polynesians are just fucking enormous, and they play in the NFL. And there's like two families. You know, they're all cousins. Once again, not racist. It's literally, they're all fucking cousins. Um, they're like from the same four islands. But uh, this dude is absolutely just a massive, massive individual. Um, when he ran the 40, he ran it as 5'4". Five, five he ran a 5'4", 40 at like 340 pounds. Wow. That's just a lot of, that's a lot of meat. That's a lot yeah. of meat moving. That's not super fast by any stretch of the imagination. But just think about that fucking guy. Um what happens with him is if you run right at him, that is a tremendous fucking mistake. Tremendous. If you kind of catch block Ika, you can really get him off uh, his base and you can move him the fuck around. There's plays where he's in the backfield just blowing shit up. But there's also plays where he's kind of been toroed like a, you know, like a bull, uh, and he's on the ground. And that's you don't want a guy that's this big on the ground ever. You, if he's on the ground, you want him to be there on a knee grabbing a running back. But um, too often he was he was kind of you know pushed to the ground. His momentum was used against him. But he's a real big body, and if if somebody can get his conditioning right, if somebody can get his body right, and if somebody can get his technique right, I think he's a he's kind of a steal somewhere in the third round. Uh, NFL.com says his comparison Danny Shelton. Danny Shelton was a lot messier, um, but a lot more productive. Oh, man, his picture on Draft Network is like head back, sunglasses on. <laughs> oh, really? Like they have him at Danny Shelton. That's two now I found of Danny Shelton for Ika. Well, that's just because um, he's a giant Polynesian. That's I don't think that's 100% uh, sure, sure, sure. fair. Um, <laughs> do you remember uh, who was uh, Mount Cody? Who was Mount Cody? Do you remember him? It sounds familiar. Yeah, Terrence Cody. Okay. He's just a he's just a big boy. He's like 6'4", 250. Um Terrence Cody was like too fucking sloppy. Um I would actually say he's closer to 
like a like an Ashawn Robinson, I think is probably a better equivalent for him. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. they said uh, to Daryl Slayton on NFLBuzz.com. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Ashawn Robinson. I'm gonna okay. go. Uh, that's Mo- my my best modern equivalent. Mocks have him third round. What do you think? Where would you yeah. like him? I think that's fair. I think, you know, once again, this is a guy that's only going to play the zero or the one. That's it. He's not even going to move to a two technique. He's just going to be on rundowns. That's really all you're doing. Or you're playing him as a nose in a 3-4. That's pretty much it. That's all you're doing. So if that's the case, he's kind of limited in his scope, so it's got to be a scheme fit. So, you know, you're missing out on like four or five guys. Oftentimes teams will only have one or two nose tackles. Yeah. And then everybody else are like, ah, we kind of need you to be able to slide around, play pressure. But it's it's not unlikely or it's not uncommon for NFL teams to only carry one nose on the roster. Yeah, those big guys are not on there in third and longs and stuff like that. There's no need for them. So. But, yeah, I was just kind of, I think, telling you before we got started, like, I don't know, my Vikings could use a big boy in the middle, block up some running stuff. I mean, everybody yeah, needs Dalvin one. Tomlinson left. So, okay, uh, Siaki, Ika, that. Now can we talk about Gervin Dexter? I have him very close to Ika. All right, good. Gervin Dexter, Florida. <laughs> uh, Gervin Dexter is a poor man's Brian Brzee. Okay. okay. He, is, he is a discount Brian Brzee. Um, That's good he, you have some, because there's no comparisons. I yeah, there's no. Well, it, it, so here's the problem, right, with Gervin Dexter. Gervin Dexter is a big motherfucker. 6'6", 310, once again, very lean. 6'6", six, mm-hmm. six, 310 is actually a pretty lean motherfucker when you play football. Uh, he ran a 4.88. This is a guy that could very easily slide in, play a 5 technique. All the stuff we're talking about when we talked about Brian Brzee in terms of like his versatility, we're talking about that with Gervin Dexter, except for a couple problems. Gervin Dexter does not have a very good first step. Brian Brzee does. Gervin Dexter gets a little sluggish and gets kind of overwhelmed by power sometimes. Even though he's got the frame to carry it, he's not nearly as strong as Brzee is. He's not nearly as fast. But he does have position flexibility. If he can get his shit together, right? If he can get his shit together and get a bull rush and develop that, um, I think this is a guy that that could be a real problem. Brzee was an excellent run defender. I don't think... Gervin Dexter has that in him. I don't think he has the want to be a really good run defender. And in order to be successful in the league at the positions he's going to play, he's got to get a little bit more want to and run defense. Okay. But I, I'm still saying, like, the mocks have him right around Ika, which is, like, third round for uh, Dexter. You like Ika more? Uh, I do. I like Ika more, but I also I think Gervin Dexter is probably not too far. I'd say probably a fourth-round pick. But this is another guy that you're saying – how do you feel about your defensive line? Do you feel like you've got good starters and you're just looking for depth that you can develop? Sure. Then okay. Gervin Dexter's a good shot. If you've got a, a hole you need to fill with a with quality downs right now, I don't think Gervin Dexter's your guy. He's going to need to be brought in, work on his technique, work on the effort, um, be used situationally. You know, because he was an every down guy in Florida, but I don't think that was good for him. I think he's a guy that needs to be kind of rotated in and out where he can use his excellent physicality, where he doesn't get pushed around quite as much. He's going to be in pass rush situations where he can be effective. Nice. Okay. Leaves us with just one more. One more guy on the list. Uh, he's a ways down on mine. PJ Mustafer, Penn State. 
Yeah, P.J. Musser. It was funny because I'm, I'm looking at the NFL.com, and they're like, ah, he might not even be drafted. I yeah. think that would be a mistake if okay. this guy didn't get drafted somewhere. I, I'm saying probably a sixth or seventh round pick. But you've got a D lineman that is 6'4", 320. That's good size. You can play a two. You can play a one. You can figure it out and play the nose. He's not super athletic. Um, even though he's 320, uh, he ran a 5'4", <laughs> Ran a five four one, so he's actually slower than Siaka Ika, um, oh. and Ika is just a much better prospect. So this is a guy who doesn't have real long arms, so you can't probably play him as a five technique. So once again, you're you're looking at position flexibility that's very limited. He's a one or a two, can't play the nose. He's a one or a two. Didn't have the production. I don't know if he had a sack in college, but once again, that's not what a one or a two does. This guy eats up blocks. He was a two time captain at Penn State. Mm. Um, basically missed most of his senior year due to an injury and then had to come back again because he had that, you know, the extra COVID eligibility year. This is not a guy that is going to, like, wow you um, with any of the things he's doing. But I think this is a great guy to bring into camp. I think this is a great guy to bring into your defensive line room. Once again, if you're a two-time captain, team captain in the Big Ten, that means something. You know, that, that means you're a high-character individual. You can bring this guy in and feel good about it. And he's going to push. He's going to push on the D-line. So this is me prognosticating a little bit um, as what I see in this guy. But I saw a high motor through every game. I saw a guy eating double teams and eating blocks and freeing it up for a lot of his linebackers and defensive ends to actually eat. You know, this is a guy that's a, a really quality team player um, for what I could see on film. Okay, I was really curious about this because when we pull up these later round guys, uh, usually there's a reason why you have their names. And this year it's kind of been, I wanted to talk about them last year. They didn't come out, and look at how they've fallen. This guy, it seems, that uh, he might be a little diamond in the rough. A lot, of, a lot of things saying undrafted free agent for him. You're saying give him a chance in what round? What do you think? Uh, six or seven. I, you know, I don't yeah. say don't take this guy in the third round. You know, you don't need to do that. The film doesn't show you an athletic freak. It shows you a hard worker, high motor guy that's still coming in at six foot four, three twenty. That's good enough size that you can just plug that dude in, and you know, teach him a couple situational packages. He's going to be a high effort guy. He was a high effort guy at Penn State. He'll be a high effort guy in the pros. Sixth, seventh round. That's the time you take those guys with the high ceiling and the chance in the molders. You know. That's where you fall in love with them. Um, so when I wrote through these guys, I had other notable D-lines that we should be looking at, the other sec- second and third round guys. Well, uh, Thule you brought up, Siak, uh, Ika you brought up out of Baylor. The only other one that comes up in around the second or third round is a Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin. Guy's name is Keanu, and you didn't choose him, Dan. <laughs> well, it's a cool breeze over the mountain, you know. That's yeah. that's what you gotta remember. Well, it's a Wisconsin defensive lineman. I always get weirded out by those guys. But he, this is another long, lean guy, six foot four, three ten. Senior, um, yeah, yeah, probably gonna wind up being a, a a three technique or a two technique. I don't think he's got that snap that you're looking for. You okay. know, this is another guy that I, I don't think is gonna be like in the NFL. You need speed at the three technique, and I don't think he has it. Okay. Uh, okay, that's plenty. That's plenty of prospects, uh, except for you have not talked about special teams yet, Dan. You that's gave true. me a few names. I haven't done anything but write it down, like who they are and uh, what school they went to. So 
Real quick, you want me to name off those kickers and punters you gave me like a month back? Yeah. Okay, so the kickers you put down, uh, Michigan, obviously, Jake Moody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved of, Jake uh, Moody. Do you yeah. want to talk about him? Because we're not going to talk a lot. Yeah, throw a little um, bit about him, Jake Moody. So Jake Moody is, uh, he won the 2021 uh, Lou Groza Award, which is just phenomenal. Um, he's a two-time Backen-Anderson Kicker of the Year, both 2021 and 2022. Never um, heard of the award. How about that? Yeah, and you probably won't have heard of any of the dudes that won it, except for Brett Maher also won it twice when he was at Nebraska, and Jeff Budzine when he was at Northwestern. So, yeah, it's he's not really, you know, these Good kicker awards don't fucking mean anything. Um, but he had a bunch of clutch kicks for Michigan. He's 23 years old. He's a little pudgy. You know, you like to see a fat kicker. These guys, we've been bringing in these, like, European model types, and I just, <laughs> I don't want that. You know, I'm looking I'm looking for these dudes that, you know, grab a couple beers on the back nine and then, uh, you know, meet you at practice. And uh, that's what Jake Moody is to me. Um, okay, back to the list I got is uh, Chad Ryland, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, let me get this. Uh, Chad Ryland, yeah, so he's a kicker. He was the most accurate kicker in the uh, in college this year. Uh, this is another guy, six foot, hundred ninety pounds. He's these guys are gonna be going somewhere in like the fucking fifth, sixth well, round pick. You know, there's no like second or third round guys. Yeah, uh, this Moody. Year. They say fifth. Yeah. Okay. I take I take Moody over Ryland just because I think he's got a stronger leg and he's been in more clutch situations. But Ryland was more accurate consistently. He just wasn't super accurate. From deep, he was about sixty percent over fifty. You need that closer to seventy percent. Okay, and then the last one you chose was Christopher Dunn, NC State. Mm-hmm. I always seem to go for like NC State special teams guys for some fucking reason. I don't. Okay. I don't honestly know why. Um, Christopher Dunn, another guy that's been super accurate this year. Um, another senior. Nobody like very rarely will a kicker come out as like a junior. It, like, just never fucking happens. But he went 28 for 29 in his senior year. Um, Accurate, but accurate from short range. So that's going to be something that limits him. I don't think he's going to get drafted for that reason. Um, Usually the guys that get drafted are the big leg guys that you want to bring into camp and see if they can be accurate. Christopher Dunn's going to be accurate from inside 40, but he also doesn't do kickoffs. So that's another limitation that will maybe keep him from getting a roster spot. Shoot. Okay. Well, you even gave me some punters. I'm looking at a list here that has just six names total of like punters to even think about. Uh, so you gave me the names Adam Corsack for Rutgers and Michael Turk, Oklahoma. Well, I want to talk about Michael Turk because he is... That is, the, is it? He is of the Turks. He's of the Turks. <laughs> um, okay, so the son of... Uh, well, he's the, the son. He's the son of Dan Turk. He's the nephew of Matt Turk. Okay. Matt Turk, the nephew. Matt Turk, right. one of the best punters in NFL history. He's a 19-year punt veteran. Yeah. Um, this is a guy that is, yeah, I mean, he is, the funny thing is his NFL equivalent, can you guess who it is? Is it Turk? It's Matt Turk. Matt Turk. They're, like, they're like, he's his uncle. That's just who it is. If you can get 19 years out of a kicker, that's pretty fucking good, man. Mm. Um, but this is a guy that will... If you need a punter, he's going to be able to handle the kickoff duties. He handled it all the way through college. Just a boomer of a fucking uh, kickoff guy, though. Um, Really, really fucking solid. Um, 
yeah, good quickness, good hang time. He's he's a bit of a booming punter, not super accurate. He's not a coffin corner guy. He's by no means Michael Dixon. You know, Michael okay. Dixon's kind of the standard for punters coming out because of the control. Yeah. Um, but he's this is a guy that if you're pinned back, he's going to be able to potentially outkick his coverage. That's one of the limitations. So he's going to need to learn to to reel that shit in just a little bit. So many prospects, Dan. We can't but thank you enough for watching all that tape, getting us ready here for Thursday and the rest. We forgot of the one, weekend. Adam Corsack from Rutgers. I oh, the I punter. named them both off at the same time. You talked about oh. Turk. I just figured you didn't. You didn't want to. You didn't have enough on Corsack. But oh no, ahead. I do. He's he's an Australian rules guy. So he's an Ooh, Aussie. Nice. He's one okay. of those Aussie kickers. So once again, very different from Turk. He's going to have a nice leg, but he's going to control that accuracy. That ball's going to move funny. But if you want a guy that's just an absolute booming leg that's got a lot of you know NFL experience, I I don't think Michael Turk's going to wash out. You know he's he's got NFL family. They know how to fucking punt. Um, Adam Corsak's a guy that you're like, eh, maybe we take him in the seventh round just because he's got that good accuracy. See, I mean, I, I thank Dan for doing this, but he loves doing it so much. <laughs> I'm don't, talking don't about punters, we guys. We got a punter here. Doesn't want it to end, um, but it just—I mean, it just did. We got through all of the prospects, all of the different prospect uh, classes. We have a fine list here, and so many to go through. So when your favorite team drafts one of these guys, you can jump back to that podcast and listen to a complete non-biased opinion on what this guy might end up being for you. So that's pretty impressive. That's exciting. Um, Dan, do you have time? to do a mock draft with me. You know I do. All right. Yeah, we got one more day of work this week. Come on. Let's get on it. All right. So I've done one myself. I've changed it around a few times this week. Uh, Maybe I've been lied to by the, uh, you know, the pundits and everything, but I want to kind of run through one with you. We'll both give ours. I'm going to try to keep track of yours. And uh, we'll we'll kind of keep – that way we can go back to it when we do our recap. So – um, I'll give you the I'll give you the lead off, and I think the way we've been doing this is usually we like take turns. So let's go through that that way. Who do you have, Dan, picking number one overall? Uh, Carolina Panthers. Oh, and our draft again, mock. Don't really put trades in here. We can say you know this spot is a good spot for a trade. I would probably sure. think that they trade back or whatever else. But we're pretty much saying yeah yeah we're going chalk uh, from where the trades are now as of now. Uh, since the Rodgers trade. And then I'm picking, I, I can't speak for you, Dan, but I'm kind of doing in what I've heard and the rumblings and the guesses of what these teams need and where they look. I am throwing darts at a board blindfolded. You um, <laughs> will still be closer than me. And also, I'm kind of doing a mock draft if I was a GM for these teams. So rather than like what I've heard, this is what I'd be doing if I was their team position by position. Okay. All right, nice. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep track of yours. If you hear some clacking on my keyboard on my lap, I apologize for that. I'll try to keep it down. But first overall pick, Carolina Panthers. Dan, who do you have? I have them taking C.J. Stroud. He's my number one rated quarterback this year. I just think it makes sense. Um, I know that some people have a different quarterback going, but I think C.J. Stroud is the cleanest one in this this year's draft. Yep, I have a different one going. I think they take Bryce Young. That seems to be the the rumor mill and stuff on there. But I get why you're taking Stroud. You're you're being uh, true to your list and in, in rankings. It's gonna be Bryce Young. All the talk about is Bryce Young, and and you trade up that high, 
you better be sure. So that that's who I believe they'll take. Uh, with two overall in the Houston Texans, geez, this is a big hold. Uh, who knows? Um, they have really thrown us for a loop, honestly, lately. I remember last year, uh, third overall, and they took uh, the cornerback, but they didn't even take Sauce. They took uh, Stingley Jr. at LSU. So I, I assume quarterback for the longest time for Texans. I mean, you got to take quarterback. What is going on? But now the rumor and everything else seems like it's shifting. So mm-hmm. I say, you know what? Forget it. Texans, throw uh, everybody for a loop and say, we'll take the best player of this draft to get Willie Anderson Jr. out of Alabama. I'm 100% locked up with you. Um, okay. You know, they're probably thinking to themselves, hey, listen, if worst case scenario, there's been enough quarterbacks moving year after year. We might be able to get a guy in free agency or in a trade. Um, but let's build a team that's strong start to finish. And you got Stingley, you got Will Anderson Jr. You got some fucking thumpers on there on the defensive side of the ball. So I see them taking Will Anderson Jr. bypassing the quarterbacks because I don't have another one with a with a high first round grade. Yeah, you don't. I think they're gonna go though, and we'll see if, if that's what you put in your box too. Cardinals are the third. You go ahead, Dan. Uh, with the Arizona Cardinals, I obviously don't see them taking a quarterback. Uh, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. But Might be a bad I, move at that point. I do think they are going to need another offensive weapon when Kyler Murray comes back. So I actually have them taking Jackson Smith and Jigba. That's impressive. I mean, yeah, uh, Hopkins is on his way out of there. They're going to use him as trade I think he'll be, he'll be traded draft night, I think. Yeah. I have them going uh, with... Filling up Byron Murphy's spot. I have them going uh, cornerback, and I I went with who I th- had as your top cornerback, or not even your top cornerback, because the top cornerback from you and everybody else here, I'm having Christian Gonzalez. Okay. Or Oregon going here. It's a little rival, it seems, between him and Devin Witherspoon of late. In fact, Witherspoon looks like he's rising on boards, but... Uh, I don't see it. From what I have here, I, I'll have Cardinals going Christian Gonzalez. I think cornerbacks, you're fine going early with them. And where the Cardinals are, that's where I have them picking. Uh, Colts are the fourth pick. I'll go there. I'm going to say uh, they need a quarterback. They have their choice of who's left here uh, in mind that they haven't ticked one yet. There seems to be rumblings. I'm going to say they take Will Levis, Kentucky. I actually think they bypass the quarterback again because <laughs> once again we we have this every year where they're like there's three quarterbacks going to take three four quarterbacks whatever the scouting just doesn't for me hold up uh, I don't think there's a top five quarterback in this draft afterwards however it is the Colts mm-hmm. so I think they're going to reach for one because they're desperate for it okay and you got to remember on my board Bryce Young is still available so I think Bryce Young winds up going uh, to the Colts at four. Yeah, and if Bryce Young is there at four, Colts can sell it pretty well, I think, to their fan base. Oh, yeah. Even if he uh, doesn't work out, they'd be very excited. All right, move on, to Dan, your Seahawks pick. Uh, my Seahawks pick, I'm going to go with the best available player on the board now, and it's Jalen Carter. I'm right there with you, Jalen Carter, the Seahawks. I think uh, Seahawks front office and uh, coaching staff and everything, they're not going to be too afraid of any off-field stuff. We can fix them. Kind of attitude coming out of there. I agree with you, Jalen Carter. Um, moving on to the Lions pick uh, here at six. 
This one I flopped around a lot. I think the Lions could go a lot of different ways, but you know what? I think uh, they just lost out on some weapons. Uh, Jamison Williams, they were looking forward to putting him in there and start running some uh, good uh, wide receiver crap guys here so why not take the best wide receiver on the board here for the lions here at six i have jackson smith to jake but going to detroit i i would be so happy for detroit i'd be so bummed for you i know Um, i'd be pretty worried so what i see is i see a a coach that wants to build around defense and and beating people up right that's what he wants to do so one of the only edges i've got that still has a first round grade i actually have tyree wilson Going here, there's a big dude. You can set him across the edge from Aiden Hutchinson. You've got yourself a couple towers of power. Um, and Tyree Wilson's not going to have to be that primary pass rusher. So I think that's going to free him up to be more productive. I have him going to the Lions at six. Yeah, Tyree Wilson, I mean, that'd be very scary too. Uh, they just got Hutchinson. I was hoping they'd go somewhere else and, and leave our quarterbacks alone for just a moment. But yikes he's the, he's sitting there and he's gonna go pretty high i think you're right they're out hunting man they're out hunting yeah uh i giving you raiders next dan <sighs> these are the raiders these are the so raiders i'm i'm putting on my my uh my mark davis wig and i'm trying to think like <laughs> barely him, fit and, barely fit in my head <laughs> and i will tell you i do not see the raiders passing on anthony richardson Mm-hmm. Uh, at this spot, I I don't think it's a good idea, no. but I I also think the Raiders, Al Davis would be spinning in his grave if they passed on a developmental prospect like this at the quarterback position. So they need it. They've got some time with Garoppolo there that they could develop this guy. I think at seven, Anthony Richardson goes to the Raiders. It's it's a great place for Richardson. I think if he is here at this board, there's a lot of trading ups talk and stuff like that too, and the Raiders need a lot of stuff. I don't have them taking that. I, The rumors I'm hearing is cornerback, so I have them going Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois here. Okay. Right, that's um, fair. After the Raiders is the Falcons. Falcons here, I have them c- continuing to focus on their defense like they're doing in uh, the offseason. And for me, Tyree Wilson's still on my board, so I have the Falcons taking Tyree Wilson at uh, eight. I think that's a nice little pickup for them. I think that's really good. Yeah, at eight, I have them taking uh, probably my most physically talented corner. I have them going Christian Gonzalez. Okay. Yeah, and you were talking about how you like uh, Emmanuel Forbes better out of Mississippi State, but you still think Gonzalez goes before him in this draft. I do. I would take Forbes first, um, but I think if you're saying, hey, i got to sell a top ten pick to the people, a guy like Christian Gonzalez, you can show that film um, to laymen, and they're like, oh, yeah, I see what you're doing here. <laughs> yep, I would follow you there. Okay, who do you have those Bears taken at nine now that they've traded back? So the Bears have got to get uh, some help for Jackson Smith. Oh, sorry. They've got to get some help for um, their boy Justin Fields. They've mm-hmm. got to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surprise you a little bit. Yeah, which way is this help coming from? Yeah. I think they're saying, hey, you know what we need? We need ourselves an absolute run it down your throat offense. I see Bijan Robinson going to the Bears. Ooh, at nine. okay. Bijan Robinson is that wild card and he could start going off the board at any point at that point too. I think you're right. It it is a wild pick for them. They let uh Montgomery go and got him just a few years ago, but that was an entirely different group. Um 
I feel like they've got to start chalking, and they might as well go the best offensive uh, tackle when it comes down to left side that it's getting mocked. I have the Bears taking Paris Johnson out of Ohio State. I think that's quality. Yeah, you're getting an offensive weapon there. Uh, but I think we agree it's got they got to go offense somewhere. Yeah, somewhere going in the top offense. ten pick. Yeah, makes sense. Um, okay, Eagles. I'll do that one. I have them. They need offensive line help as well. And why not take a guy that you could move inside? Peter Skaronsky, Northwestern here. I think if they move him inside, I think that's a that's a quality one. Um, I don't have Skaronsky going here. I think they also still want to be a team that runs it down your throat. Um, so I think they're going to stay with the the tackles. I think they are going to go left tackle, and they're going to go with a guy like Broderick Jones, okay, out of Georgia. It, it's tough to know where the tackles go in what order in this one. Um, I, I thought I felt better at least with the top three uh, last year with Equanwu, uh, Neil, Cross. You knew those were the guys initially, and we got them in that order. And now it's like I don't know. So Broderick Jones could go there, sure. We're both saying offensive line for the Eagles in that first pick. Titans are there at 11, Dan. Who do you have them taking? I actually have the Titans um, focusing on their defense, and I have them taking uh, my boy, you know, the guy that I think is actually better than most people give him credit for, is Emmanuel Forbes uh, okay. at the corner. Uh, here, if if the boards fall in the way that they are for me here and everyone's just staying put, the Titans are like, okay, fine. They take C.J. Stroud all the way down here. Some quarterback feels like they kind of got to fall unless we're going to do one, two, three, four, yeah. everybody trade up type of thing. So Levis uh, is tight. my faller. Yeah, I, Tannehill's certainly not going to stick around for much longer, and I don't think they were totally excited by what they saw out of the Liberty Kid. So why not have C.J. Stroud there? So I have C.J. Stroud going – and there's been these rumors of, of risers and fallers and stuff, and I guess Levis and Stroud, who are getting a little different rumors, are different uh, agencies. And perhaps that's the reason we're hearing these rumors uh, mm. a week, two weeks into, uh, like, right up for this draft. It's it's pretty interesting. Uh, I feel like I'm I'm buying into these early, these recent rumors, Stan, and you're not yet buying into them. No, not quite. In. Yeah. And that might be true, what's happening. Anyways, moving on, Texans, uh, who picked the last one? I forget where we're at. I think it's uh, you, Dan, Texans. Well, um, I'm going to go with my my other first-round draft pick. I I think the Texans are building a defense that is just going to be unrivaled. If you're already saying, hey, we're not going to take a quarterback in this draft, we're not going to reach on a guy like Will Levis, I can actually see them taking – out of Georgia, Nolan Smith. Nice. Um, I had them already going defense with Will Anderson Jr., so they won't go. Same here. Oh, that's right. You did. Jeez. You're, yeah. Yeah. That is quite a, a deep pass rush here. You're building there in the in, in the Texans, but that is fun. I had them going offense. I had them going uh, offensive weapon Quentin Johnson because they need some okay. wide, wide receivers here. Quentin Johnson as the second wide receiver off the board. Uh, kind nice. of early for him, but the it's got to be a wide receiver that they like. So, um, okay, Packers are now the thirteenth due to this trade uh, with the Jets. Uh, I have your elite prospect Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame going to the Packers here. 
I like it. Uh, anytime I have an elite that falls out of the top 15, but I, I think he's going to continue to fall a little bit. I yeah. have the Packers taking Paris Johnson Jr. still available here at 13. Okay, yeah. On my board. Yeah, I would. And I think it's early for tight ends too, even though how much we like Michael Mayer, but uh, it's Packers, and the Packers kind of uh, throw some wild ones. And, and what wouldn't they go with an offensive weapon now that he's gone? <laughs> You have them going offensive too, so it's funny that uh, with Rodgers gone, they're they're finally willing to do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> they've got to. Yeah. Who do you have the Patriots taken between them and the Jets? I have Michael Meyer going here. Um, oh. We know the Patriots love themselves some tight end. We know Bill O'Brien loves himself some tight ends. We know uh, they'll they'll take Gronkowski. They'll take an Aaron Hernandez. They can't get enough talented fucking dudes here. So I have Michael Mayer going fourteen. I have the Patriots going uh, Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa here, edge rusher. It it he feels like me. a Patriots guy, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it just kind of is a fit that it's always been there for me. So that's what I'm feeling for that. I have Lucas Van Ness here. Um, the next pick is the Jets there at uh, 15. I feel like the Jets are making no. Uh, they're very much being like screaming, "We're taking offensive line again." <laughs> so I have the. Jets taking Broderick Jones here. Okay, I like it. Um, I actually have the Jets also going with an interior or going with an offensive lineman, but I have them going with Osiris Torrance out of Florida. Okay, the uh, guard Torrance. Um, that'll that'll really solidify the interior of their their offensive line. Um, they took a guy last year, um, Elijah Vera Tucker. Tucker. Yeah, yeah. I think Torrance slides inside. It gives them a, a real power run game. Uh, and Torrance can hold his own against powerful pass rushers, so I think that's going to be good. No kidding. Uh, who do you have the Commanders taking next? I have the Commanders uh, forfeiting their pick because they suck, <laughs> and they should go to fucking hell. That's what I have them doing. All right. Can I do well, that? Is that is that a thing I can do? Yeah. Then I'll go if you're ready. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I actually I have them taking uh, Peter Skaronsky, who has fallen here, um, and I think they will play him inside at guard because they have done that before with uh, you know offensive line prospects that are yeah. kind of tweener tackles and guards. I think he uh, he falls to them here. Okay, I have the Commanders. Listen, if this board is again like this, Anthony Richardson will go to the Commanders here okay. because Washington would not be scared to take a project, and you can't be selling me that Washington's happy with their quarterback room the way it is. I mean, I know. Last year they took uh, um, what's his name out of uh, um, Howell, Howell, Sam oh, Howell. Oh, Sam Howell out of North UNC, Carolina. Yeah. yeah, and he was a he was a later round pick guy. I think they're. I get that they want to kick the, the 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 tires on him, but it's him. I think it's Jacoby Brissett. Like you might as well try. That's yeah, not great. Try it. Family Richardson's there. Yeah, go get him. So I have I have Commanders taking a quarterback here. I feel like Commanders could be a team that takes a quarterback. Next, the Steelers. I have the Steelers going tackle. Oh no, you haven't yet. Yeah, who's your Commanders again? You you had the forfeit. Then you uh, had Skaronsky. Uh, I had Peter Skaronsky. Right. I have the Steelers taking tackle Darnell Wright. Uh, I actually have them taking Darnell Wright as well. <laughs> Hey, we both on yeah. there with Darnell. Because right? he can he can play left tackle, and they need some help there. They've got a young quarterback in Kenny Pickett. I think that's a good call. Darnell Wright is one of those we did not really prospect, but he's probably going to go Thursday night. Anything you yeah. want to talk about Darnell Wright before we? <laughs> um, this is a guy that that handles um, pr- 
pro quality defensive lineman pretty well, but you can get inside on him and use speed to kind of overpower his ass. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'd be I'd be mindful of that. But that's a technique issue. He's got the physical capabilities to play uh, left or right tackle in the NFL. NFL.com's NFL comparison: DJ Fluker. Nice. Yeah. Okay, next pick uh, the Lions. Dan, who do you have them taking? Uh, the Lions need some defensive help, and I think they're looking for a defensive playmaker. I think the Lions, in my mind, reach a little bit for Brian Branch. Okay, safety, the uh, Brian Branch. Uh, I have them going defense as well, but I have them taking Kalijah Kansky, Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah, I had, once again, I had them take a, you know, that'd be a lot of defensive linemen going to Detroit if I if I gave them a defensive <laughs> lineman in this position. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, think, I think they wind up taking defensive help on the secondary. That was clearly a problem for them. They've got a decent setup on the wide receiver side. I think they need help on the secondary. So Brian Branch, I had I had Lions early in the draft taking corner there because of uh, them letting uh, what's his name just leave uh, Okuda. So yeah. yeah, they they've let holes of guys that they've drafted early on go already. So yeah, they could go multiple different ways, and they have these two picks, so they can move around too if they want to. So that's true; they could go where they want. Uh, all right, who? Let's see, Buccaneers. That's my pick. I'm gonna say, Buccaneers uh, need to make a little bit of a flash. I think it would help the Buccaneers if they had a rookie puts on a jersey, takes a lot of pictures. Because right now, what are you excited about? Bijan Robinson to Tampa Bay here. Yeah, I think it'd be great if he was available in mine. But uh, right. once again, I have Lucas Van Ness still available, and I think he goes to Tampa Bay. Helps that defense out. An aging defense. It's a it's a young spark plug player to get in there. Yeah. Okay. I could see that happening. Sure. Um. All right. On to the Seahawks. Dan, who do you have them taking? I have the Seahawks, um, who have a couple wide receivers getting a little long in the tooth, and maybe want to spread that out. I actually have them taking Zay Flowers, um, a little bit late here in in the first round at twenty. Okay, Zay Flowers is going to go pretty yeah around the spot. I think he's coming up in mocks and stuff uh and he's one of those wide receivers still on the board um i have nolan smith going here because he's still on my board uh okay. seattle getting defensive pass rush help why not nice um and if he's there yeah they're taking a guy that that's fallen a little bit honestly um all right uh let's see from here chargers Chargers a little interesting i had them going cornerback it says their need is wide receiver. It's kind of surprising. I like all their wide receivers, but I am going cornerback Joey Porter Jr. I think that's a good one. Um, I actually do think they need some some help in the interior of their defense. I think they're going to uh, they're going to reach here a little bit, and I think they're going to go with uh, uh, what the fuck is his name? The kid out of out of Arkansas. I don't think he makes it. Defensive. Oh. Uh, oh God, why am I why am I blanking? On the tackle? No, no, no. The defensive. Oh God, I was. You talking about? I didn't Sanders? write this down because I knew Arkansas? it was. Yeah, Drew Sanders. Drew Sanders. Oh, okay. Interior. Okay, for your interior uh, linebacker, Sanders. All right. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Who do you have the? He's Ra- my best available. Okay. Yeah. At that point, who do you have the Ravens taken after? Well, I think the Ravens are going to need to uh, <laughs> need to pay up a little bit and and get their boy uh, some weapons here. 
And I think they're going to get a weapon that Baltimore fans will complain about for years in Quentin Johnston. Yeah, okay, Quentin Johnston goes here. That makes sense, yeah. Uh, they're still paying the, the toll there of, uh, look, we can't give you all this money. we got to pay Quentin Johnston. Um, I have the Ravens staying in state and getting themselves a defensive help. of a cornerback a little bit run here happening after Joey Porter. Deontay Banks going to the Ravens here. Nice. I think that's good. I mean, they, they've got some aging defense or aging corners, but I, I don't know if they have to reload there this year, but it's not a mistake. Um, that leaves me up to the Vikings. I've moved this pick around a few times. I have a hard time knowing where my Vikings are going to go, honestly, the last few years. The run of cornerbacks makes it a tough pick, too, so I had them going interior often defensive line. The guy we just talked about today, Brian Brucey at Clemson here. Nice. I uh, I don't know how you're going to feel about this. I have Minnesota taking Will Levis. Okay, well, if he's still on the board here, it kind of makes sense a little bit. I don't know. Will Levis is a very interesting pick, but again, at 23, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be overly mad at it. He just wouldn't play right away. <laughs> it's That's fair. not a guy, yeah. Um yeah, there we are. All right, Dan, Jaguars. Who do you have the Jaguars taking? I have the Jaguars taking Brian Brzee. Um, okay. This is another – they need help on the interior of the defensive line. I can see them taking an offensive lineman here. I still have a few guys that are that are available, but uh, Brian Brzee, just too much talent to pass by. Jacksonville's always taken really talented, big-body defensive players. That makes sense. I had uh, a Clemson run here, and I had them taking Miles Murphy. The Jaguars take Miles Murphy here. Okay. Uh another edge rusher just kind of trying to get at the quarterback you know like jaguars like to do giants i have the giants here going offensive weapon uh trying to get more things going there for the giants so i have zay flowers who is still on my board oh going uh to New York. this was traded to the rams is it from what for what i thought it was traded for the, Dram- the no, Rams. i think they uh there's certain mocks that haven't updated that yet. The Rams oh. first pick is thirty sixth overall. Oh my apologies. Wait. Yeah. No, there's no update because there's no trade. Oh, here. sorry. Yeah. No, it was a mock trade. My apologies. Uh, I, I thought it was an actual trade. It's yeah. You're right. It depends on what you pull up, but uh, I, I it's the Giants here. I have Giants going Zay Flowers. Uh, weirdly, that doesn't trade. Uh, doesn't change my pick. I actually have it going <laughs> Jordan Addison. Because either oh, the Rams or go. the Giants, they're going to need a wide receiver here. Yeah, I agree too. It makes sense that the Giants going to go offensive weapon. Jordan Anderson would be on your board. Uh, Cowboys, here's your Cowboys, Dan. Um, and it's up to you to tell me who they're taking. <sighs> if Drew Sanders was available here, I think he'd be going. He's not on your board, buddy. I know. I know. I feel a little fucking bummed by this. Um, I kind of back myself into a corner. But... Uh, we are all set in the offensive line. Mm-hmm. I feel like the only thing we're really missing is maybe an impact running back. So I have Jameer Gibbs going here. I don't love it, but I can see the Cowboys in the late first round hoping to get five years, maybe six years of control out of Jamar, uh, Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, no. Uh, the Cowboys and this idea of running back being a need because you run Pollard with somebody else kind of thing, so... And all my elites are off the board, so it makes sense. Uh, My pick for you guys, I think you'll like it. I have Emmanuel Forbes going here. Ooh, Uh, I love that. I mean, uh, Trayvon Diggs, another tall 
a lengthy type of corner that you can pair on the other side for him. Well, we got Gilmore. That's the only. That's my. Oh, that's right. You guys did pick up up Stephon Stephon. Gilmore. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes, you know, as a cornerback, you don't immediately throw these cornerbacks in there. Stephon Gilmore doesn't have many more years left on the treads. You can't go wrong getting depth. I mean, he could play the nickel right now. Yeah, Forbes would be a guy for the future when Gilmore's ready Mm -hmm. to hang it up Uh, (laughs) next year. Um, (laughs) All right. Uh, Sorry, your Cowboys pick again. I'm gonna type it in. Oh, you. Uh, Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs, yeah. All right, uh, for the Bills, here I have Drew Sanders going here. They lost their middle linebacker that they took around this spot just a few years ago uh, that we really liked too. Was he an elite prospect for you? Uh, he was. Yes, he was, sir. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, ooh, um, his Terrell Edmonds. Went, yes, Terrell oh, Edmonds. Oh, Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds. His brother was Terrell Edmonds. Tremaine Edmonds went for that one, so um, – yeah, anyways, that's who I have going for the Bills, Drew Sanders. So I have the Bills picking up a guy that I don't love as much, but I do think they need some help. I think Devin Witherspoon goes here to Buffalo. That's a far, far drop for Witherspoon from where I'm but seeing it. but Closer to where I had him ranked. That's closer to where you have him ranked. Uh, Bengals, who do you have the Cincinnati Bengals going with here? This is an interesting one. Yeah, I don't know if the Bengals could possibly – like help Joe Burrow on the offensive line anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I actually have them getting a little bit more on the defensive side, and uh, I have them going after, this is one of the reasons why I brought him up, uh, Tuli Tui Peloto. Ah, okay, Tuli goes here in the first round. I had the Bengals going uh, Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah. That's nice. Keeps showing up here in first rounds and people mocking him in first rounds so it's like all right since he could use a tight end here and and i'm not excited about him (laughs) being this high but all right let's do it so okay um we got you going there uh for the next one the saints look the Uh, saints usually make oh go ahead yeah i the saints are gonna need a they love offensive line help i don't think they have the quarterback of the future, but they need to protect him. I think Dewan Jones goes here out of Ohio State. Okay. I think uh, Saints go offensive line as well. They do like to make some splashy picks, though. They're kind of getting back in and then draft stuff. But I have Osiris Torrance, who's still on my board, going here. Yep. Um, After that, it's the Eagles with uh, the 29th, 30th pick because there's only 31 in this first round here. Um, I have the Eagles, which our buddy Todd's like, why would they take a wide receiver in the first round? But they're the Eagles. They like to do that. <laughs> Stop for, me, for me, Jordan Addison's still on my board, so why not take Jordan Addison here? That makes sense. Uh, but you got to remember, Miles Murphy, Miles Murphy is still on my board, and this is a mm-hmm. big body guy that I think would fit very well in, unfortunately, to the Eagles' defensive line rotation. I think he's an immediate help and a potential high ceiling player. Yeah, no, Miles Murphy, they'd be excited, I think, if he's still on the board there. Finally, Dan, who do you have? The defending champs, Kansas City Chiefs. We're, we're wrapping up this mock draft. Who do you have them taken? Um, I actually have them going uh, with a tight end. I have Dalton Kincaid falling down here because I think we're looking at Travis Kelsey. We need a plan for him. They also need more offensive weapons that are consistent for Pat Mahomes. Dalton Kincaid is the last player taken in the first round. That would be pretty sweet for them. 
I have Dewan Jones going here, replacing nice. Lando Brown, who left, solidifying the one of those tackle spots and protecting their uh, the guy who likes to hold on to that ball. And Mahomes. Smart, smart. Oh, Dan, we've done it. It's 31 picks, but it still felt like a full 32, as you usually get. Thank you, <laughs> Dolphins, for giving us that little bit of a break. Um, what an episode, but we needed a big one to get ready for this NFL draft. All the prospects are in. Now our mock is down. We're putting our money where our mouth is. No real money involved, obviously, um, until we get to Kansas City and we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, the place where all the money's made, Kansas City. Anyways, um, let's wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode. Uh, we are going to be back after the NFL draft, give you our recaps. Um, we'll see how this works. If we got the time and we're in Kansas City with the recording stuff, we can maybe yeah. do an after day one thing like we did last year. We were pretty wiped at that point, I remember. It was a lot. Yeah. yeah. And we'll be doing a lot of driving this time as well with a lot of yeah back and forth. So no promises. But obviously we'll be recapping what happens on Thursday. Uh, so we hope you guys enjoy it as we are planning to. Um, let's wrap this up here. I've got, yeah, I've got some crazy stats. Please, please. Well, okay, I got one. I was trying to grab another one here from the last time we were at, at a draft. Uh, me and Dan, we, we visited the 2019 draft in Nashville, and then the Chicago one was here prior to that. We were there for a little bit of those. Uh, but here we go. Let's go with that Rodgers Rogers to the Jets uh, trade with Rodgers finally. Now to a new team, what quarterback has the longest tenure to a specific franchise, Dan? That would be Rain Dakota Prescott. Since 2016. That's it. That is the yeah, longest long of time. any quarterback to a specific team. I think the longest uninterrupted starting streak is the Bills. I think it's, uh, I think yeah, I think he's been the longest uninterrupted starter. He like, hasn't missed a game because Pat Mahomes missed a game. Um, so yeah, oh. I think it's Josh Allen after, if you take out injuries, I think it's Josh Allen. Wow. That's impressive. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'll check that. Uh, that's what we have you guys for this episode of the push off podcast. We gave you all of those prospects. We have a mock draft for you. Discuss that Rogers thing. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode. Dan parting words of wisdom with Aaron Rodgers going to the jets. Finally, it is fully revealed the time is a flat circle, <laughs> and uh, we are back to this area where, you know, these trades are happening. So it's another cycle. There's going to be an Atlanta Falcons quarterback drafted that will be traded, but this also means that the Dallas Cowboys will have another run of Super Bowls. That's what this means. Time is a flat circle. It's coming back around to the early 90s. It's great, Scott. This is where we're going. Cowboys are winning a Super Bowl this year and two of the next three. Dan, Dan, if time's a flat circle, we're back. We're technically back down to when Rodgers left. When was that? 2011? 2010? No. Oh, no, it was before that. Yeah, 2008. He would, 2008 yeah. with it because 2009 was his first year with the Vikings. So you've already bypassed. Somehow we already missed the uh, Cowboys Super Bowls. Ah, what, shit, what were, really? how, Yeah, it's the Romo era. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Get it ready was for a fun some, time. Some heartbreak. heartbreak. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining another episode of the Push Up Podcast. I'm Scott. 
And this is Dan. We will see you after the draft. Goodbye. Goodbye.